Hey, eavesdroppers, welcome to Flapping Our Lips. We're just three sisters talking about random things. And we invite you to eavesdrop on today's conversation. So today we will discuss the gift of having parents as you get older and what what does that gift actually come with? So let's get into it. So we have the very lovely gift of having parents who are aging as well as really a grandmother who is fingers crossed will be 105 this year i believe and so um there's a lot that comes with you know as we age and as i beat back father time mother time whatever you want to call her every day um it is a gift to age and so but with that you know our bodies are getting older the memories start to lapse fade comes with various and in sundry ailments and as a child who has a relationship with their parent you know because many there are some people who don't and be like i can give two rats behind what happens to my parents but those who do actually care it becomes the role of in some ways of parent as our mother just said um she was on the phone with one of you the other day and she said, oh, I was calling in. She's like, oh, there's your mother calling. And um, mommy was like, who? She said, so she's like, oh, was, she said, oh, I'm on the phone. Uh, she's calling in. She's like, oh, that's your mom calling. So I said, oh, yes, I am your mother. I am your mother now. And I will be telling you what to do continuously from now on. And you better listen. So. But all that to say, that comes with, you know, as the role of a caretaker or, you know, mother means nurturer to me and somebody who's going to be there to support and care for this person. It's also a real um, job. And I have a friend who her mother is recently diagnosed with dementia, doesn't live with her in her house, but they share a floor in an apartment building. So she lives a few doors down. She goes and checks in on her mother every day. And as she's walking down, she's cringing because she's scared. Oh my goodness, what happens if I find my mother, you know, deceased? And what what this new diagnosis of dementia brings is something that's very new to her. And while she loves her mother, I'm sure there may be times she doesn't like her mother. And, you know, based on what has to happen in terms of caretaking and um, it, it's been a challenge for her and she wants to, her other family members are not as close. And so it becomes her responsibility and it's a big one when you take on that without any additional support. So there's no the mother doesn't have any husband um, or partner. The mother is by herself. And I don't even, she wasn't doing any social interactions. Her siblings or her um, fam other family members live out of state who would be the people who would, or any family that would be helpful, they are out of state. And it's been, I can hear it, you know, I've tried to give her some support mechanisms and things she could possibly do maybe you know apply for a home health aid um maybe try to get a like a meals on wheels god's love we deliver some kind of food service that will help her 
with her mom's meals. And so she doesn't have to be prepping that. But her mother, in some ways, led a reclusive life in her later years after retirement, in her, you know, her retirement years. And so um, by choice, she did try to take her mom out, but she wasn't interested in going to a center. She wasn't, you know, she wanted to watch the security camera for the building, see who's coming in and out, that kind of thing. So um, I, I, my heart goes out to her because, you know, I, I find myself, our parents are very self-sufficient and, um, but I also find myself if our mom who has more health ailments call me, I'm like, oh God, you know, like, what's happening now? You know, so I have to be on alert or when she had a recent incident and, but I was thankful that she was able to, you know, talk to me through the process. I was, you know, felt like she had a good handle on what was happening to her and going on, but it's challenging. Absolutely. And uh, as you say, as we are, are all blessed to still be on this uh, earth upright and uh, aging, uh, aging family members does come with uh, that situation. And, you know, it speaks to the need to be, you know, as humans, we probably don't like to realize that every day we're one step closer to death. We are mortals. And the idea of being prepared for that is oftentimes culturally something people don't want to talk about. Oh, you want to put me one foot in the grave by talking about how I could be prepared for my future. Um, but I think it's also very important to realize that it is so helpful for all of us to be prepared for what is an unknown and untimely in many cases uh, a situation where uh, maybe we wouldn't be able to take care of our ourselves and how do you help your family members be best equipped to help you by trying to put some resources in place to to support that situation and uh, you know we also have a, a elderly aunt and I lost her who lost her husband within the last couple of years and they were not really trying to be prepared. That's just absolutely not something that they wanted to talk about. And as a result, uh, when our aunt was left as the survivor to her husband, we were thrown into a situation of, okay, now what are we going to do? Um, and ultimately her son, uh, her stepson uh, stepped up and uprooted his entire life, moved from another country, stays with her and has done an, a, a, a tremendous job of putting the resources in place to support her um, as she continues to uh, live, uh, you know, she also lives with dementia, which is challenging for him and for everyone. Uh, but the good thing is, is that he does have the opportunity to um, have resources that allows him at, to get some uh, respite as the caregiver where uh, she's cared for uh, independently of him for periods of time that allows him to go and uh, return to what is maybe his normal life. Um, but the rest of the time he's spending uh, with her, which is a, a tremendous sacrifice for someone to uh, to make. So I think it's important for uh, us to be prepared more, you know, having living wills, having uh, all of your documents, having a will that explains what you want to have happen, um, 
you know, if you're no longer here and how your family can uh, move things forward with, with little to no um, additional stress beyond the fact that you are no longer um, a part of this, this world. So just some important things for us to always think about. Yeah, I agreed I'm, as you we were both talking. And yes, I, I, I thought about two things. And it's strange, I, there was a news um, blurb this morning I was listening to, and there's a flip side of this that I actually hadn't thought about until I heard that this morning. And it was um, a woman who was her mother's caregiver for 10 years and her mother passed. And because that was her sole role as caregiver, she didn't know how to transition into living her own life again. And she said that she had a lot of guilt. Like if she had, if she went out and enjoyed herself, she felt guilty because she felt like, oh, should I be enjoying myself or should I be mourning because this person is gone? Um, you know, what do I do with myself? I, she's like, can I go out and get a job and, you know, work on my social security because for the last 10 years, this has been my sole job. So it was very hard. It, she was having a hard time, like finding back her own personality, her own reason for, for being here other than being a parent caregiver. And that's actually not something I've ever thought about. And I guess, as you said, we're fortunate that our parents, other than having mom having some health issues, they're very self-sufficient. They're very able and capable and have all the things in place to take care of themselves. Unlike our aunt, who, you know, didn't have all these things in place. And, you know, now her stepson uprooted his life to come and care for her and it would be interesting to see what he has in place to help him should the when the time comes that she passed and that's no longer his main role because it is taking up a lot of his time and um my other thought was with our grandmother who by grace and mercy will be 105 this year and you know in the way that she lived her life and the last time um we went to visit her. She was just so vibrant and she was just so, you know, happy and, and she wanted to engage. And, and yes, her caregivers do take the opportunity to put her in um, the, the nursing home for short periods of time that allows them to go and do things and live life and, and for her to be able to interact with people in her own age group, which is also important because there is connection there. So um, there, there, yeah, there's a lot to this caring for aging parents that um, I, I count myself fortunate that I am seeing this and learning this now. Uh, and hopefully when the time comes and, you know, we have to make decisions or care for either one of our parents, it would be a easier transition. Yeah, what I also um, am thankful for is that our parents were and are open to feedback. So when I took it upon myself to have that conversation about, oh, you got to have burial plans. Um, oh, you got to have a will. Oh, where's your power of attorney? They listened. 
And my rationale, of course, was, look, I'm the closest. So if you want me to come down and swoop down and take everything out of here, you better um, put, put this down on paper. They're like, you can do that. I said, yes, I would. So they, of course, you know, I found them an attorney. They listened and did what they had to do and also put in place measures that, you know, if our father, who is healthier in some ways, has an issue with his health, there's, you know, care available for him that they pay for in advance of that. So I, and, you know, we work on where are these papers? Cause I ain't got to be time be digging up nothing. And, you know, it's over here, you know, so we go through these conversations just to make sure, as you said, that it's easier. And even when you have it in order, there's still probate and a lot of issues that you have to climb through. And it's not an easy or comfortable space to be in, um, especially if it's unexpected, but you know, you can hope for the best and plan for the worst. And therein would help you kind of navigate through what is um, a terrible time. But even when the person is still living, I, I see my friend, she has to navigate through services, you know, and you have to think about resources. Do you have the money to pay for this? You know, how does that work? When I think back about our grandfather, when he was, you know, had to move from his own independent living into a a home, you know, it was fortunate that he didn't have a whole lot of money or resources. So it was an easier transition to get him into a space that was, you know, safe, decent, um, and affordable and comfortable. Whereas when I look at our aunt and uncle, they had resources. The other part of this is that they they weren't necessarily trusting of folks to help them through the process. And so our parents were help trusting that, no, I really wasn't trying to scam off and take all their, their money, but they, our aunt and uncle felt you know, somebody's always coming to get me in America. They coming to get your money, and and they had the resources, and it became it's expensive when you have money to get additional help and support. No matter where you live, you have to really have nothing in order for you not to spend whatever little bit you have. If you have something, you got to spend it. I have a friend whose father they moved to America very late. Um, they were in the or I know someone, I should say, they were living in the Virgin Islands. The mother got sick, came up here for treatment. They eventually moved here. And the father wound up with dementia. The father had a lot of money relative to whatever. He, he never went on vacation. He stored all his money up and he had a couple hundreds of thousands of dollars. All that hundreds of thousands of dollars that he had went to his care because when he got dementia, he had to go into a home and that had to pay for his care. So he didn't even get to enjoy. He didn't do any thing that was considered fun because he always wanted to save, 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 save. And then he didn't even get to enjoy it. So that's the other side of life that you only get one. And for me, I tell our parents, don't, you know, y'all could get me. But I'm like, don't leave me nothing. Don't leave us nothing. Enjoy your life. Spend your money. Do because I want you to have no regrets. I don't want you to wind up like this poor gentleman who saved all his coins, probably wore the same thing every day, and then 
didn't, never went on vacation, never went anywhere, and wound up just spending the money, had dementia, and the money just went to care for him. I mean, maybe that was his lot in life, and fortunately, he had the money. And then after the money was exhausted, of course, that's where the Medicaid and other services were able to kick in for him. But for me, that really wouldn't be the best way to spend, at least enjoy some of your hard-earned money. Absolutely. I I agree with you. I I have a um, colleague who, there she's quite the opposite, who she has um, retired early, has a lot of resources available to her, good insurance. By the time she was probably our age, she had her will, wrote out what she wanted to happen at her funeral, uh, told people everything that needed to to happen. And every couple of years, she updates her, her uh, remembrance ceremony plans. Uh, you know, and I also know someone else who whose father did the same thing, probably when he was about in his 70s, the man lived to 90 something, but he had his whole everything planned out because uh, he was so sure he was going to be out of here. And um, uh, the lady that I mentioned earlier, she is hilarious because she actually got ill uh, recently. And when I went to visit with her, she's like, yeah, um, the hospice people are coming and I'm having the, uh, you know, the uh, pastor come over. I'm like, "Uh, you have diarrhea. Uh, you are not about to leave here. So what are you exactly doing? So, you know, there are those folks who are really prepared that at any day, uh, this is it for me, even when they have many more years to live. So it's, you know, the sort of the humorous side of just not knowing when you are coming to the end of your life, but definitely end of life is something that we all have to be prepared for as parents, as family members, as our own individual selves and our partners, you know, it's just not something that we can be quiet about, even though it, the thought might be uncomfortable. I agree. So with that, I'm gonna say yes. <clears throat> These are uncomfortable conversations to have happen. I'm so grateful to our younger sister that she she had those conversations with our parents. Um, I, I have of recent been having those conversations with my spouse. And, um, you know, it is just a good thing to do to help those who you leave behind because they will already be grieving. So let why not make it a little bit easier by being prepared? So with that, I'm going to say thanks for eavesdropping with us. New episodes drop weekly. To share your comments, say hi, recommend topics, or ask for advice, reach us at flapyolips at gmail.com. That's F-L-A-P-Y-O-L-I-P-S at gmail.com.